Welcome to Stoked with Megan McPhail, the podcast that helps you get super effing jazzed about your work, life, and bank account. I'm your host, Megan McPhail, a former burnt-out emergency veterinarian that quit my hard-earned career to become a seven-figure business coach, entrepreneur, and elopement photographer. Now I'm living a life I absolutely love, full of travel, adventure, and financial abundance, and I am hell-bent on inspiring others to do the same. Are you ready to say goodbye to the 9-to-5 grind and start going after some big, bold dreams? Then let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, hey, it's your host, Megan McPhail. And your co-host, Todd Reedy. And today's episode is going to be a little different. Todd and I are going to talk about a book. And it's a book that I actually have not read in its totality, but I'm going to be stealing some information within it. And I want us to just have a conversation back and forth about it. And the book is called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, and it's a memoir by an author named Bronnie Ware. She worked in palliative care, I think, as like a nurse or nursing assistant, and that means that she provided supportive care to people on their deathbeds, essentially. And she had conversations with these people, and it changed her life, what they told her. So I want to go over the top five regrets that these people had as they were on their deathbeds, because I feel like they are just very telling of how we should be living our lives now while we have good health. So yeah, ready to start, Todd? Ready to chat about this? Let's do it. So the first regret that many of these people had was that they wished they had the courage to live a life true to themselves, not the life that others expected them to live, which has been something that I have also had to overcome in my transformation from being an emergency vet, you know, like becoming a doctor, well-educated, buying a house, getting married, you know, all those things. And then now becoming an entrepreneur and traveling and having an RV and just doing things really weird and differently. (laughs) So I think, I mean, this was the number one regret that people had And this is the thing that I love about our life so much is that we have been able to shed others' expectations and look within ourselves and see what we want out of life and then pursue that. And that has been amazing and exactly why I created this podcast, because I want to really motivate and inspire other people to do the same. Yeah, I think on the big things, we've done that and we're doing it. But I still think it's like a, at the like granular level or like the day to day level, I think that's something that I'm still struggling with Mm -hmm. or maybe not struggling with, but working through just, yeah, the small things that I think really matter and that probably they don't are the expectations of others. And I think we just had a chat over lunch that I think I'm doing, at least I'm having some epiphanies and making some progress over the last couple of weeks for some reason or not. So. Which, yeah, let's keep what going. are those? You never actually told me what yeah. those were. <laughs> you just said you had them. I don't know. I think that I like still think that I need to conform to certain things. Like uh, I need to, I don't know, just like be a normal man, I guess. I don't know, like have power tools and like build shit and <laughs> uh, mow my lawn and eat this way and spend time this way and eat my three meals a day. Mm -hmm. I don't know, just like all of the expectations or like the rules that like have developed subconsciously or whether that was what my parents told me or my friends or like just the rules that I live by or that I think that I need to be living by. Mm -hmm. Just kind of questioning some of those things. Yeah. Like, do I really need three meals a day? No. 
<laughs> not every day. Do I need to have all this shit in my garage? No. <laughs> like, do I need to keep every bolt and nut that I ever <laughs> have come across and like reuse screws after I take them out of old projects? I'm like, no. But like, I have the expectation of like thinking that I saw my grandpa do that. I saw my dad do that. Mm -hmm. So that's the way that it is. Yeah. And you are a big rule follower. Like you kind of live your life by this set of rules that you created or were passed down to you. And yeah, I have seen you kind of breaking those rules and being like, yeah, why do I do this all the time? <laughs> why have I set these expectations for myself? Like, where did it come from? And why am I doing it? And does it serve me? I feel like that's the first step towards this whole shedding other people's expectations and living life the way you want to do it is, is realizing that you get a choice in a lot of this stuff. And, and a lot of it has been passed down to us, even nuts and bolts. <laughs> you know, a lot of these things are passed down to us from our parents and society and stuff like that. And whether or not it serves us or has a purpose, or it's promoting a better life or a happier life, I think questioning it is like step one. And it is a constant work in progress, you know, like I've almost felt guilty these past few months, because we've stayed home so much. And I'm like, oh, man, I should be living it up. I should be out there doing all these fun things. Like, we have time and location freedom. And I'm just sitting at home. But like, what's wrong with that? I can sit at home if I want to, you know, like, I shouldn't be pressuring myself to go out and do cool things. So yeah, as long as you're conscious of it, and thinking about it and doing what's best for you at that time and season of life. I think that's the main thing. Okay. So back to the the not traveling or like having some downtime at home. Do you think that people are expecting you to be out doing all these crazy adventures and like being on the road and stuff? Or tell me more about that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I remember, so my Instagram handle for my personal account is Megan the Nomad. <laughs> And I lived on the road in 2019, you know, in 2020, I traveled all over in 2021 and 2022, we traveled over 50% of the year. I remember when I bought our house, and people, well, a few people were like, Oh, but you're Megan the Nomad, you can't have a house, you know. <laughs> and yeah, so I think that there is some kind of expectation that because I preach about travel and freedom of location and all that stuff that I should be out there traveling. But I was also tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we did travel and we spent time with family. Like it was good. And we enjoyed our house for once. Like, but there was a little part of me that was like, I need to be making the most of it, you know? Okay. So are those expe expectations do you think are from your followers or like the internet as a whole, or is it like more important about the expectations of like the most important people in your life? Like, do you think your parents or like your closest friends or family or my family have expectations and we're trying to appease them more? Or is it just kind of this global, oh yeah, this is what the world thinks? Or is it more spe specific to the people that matter? I would say my parents were happy I was home more because we definitely hung out more. We went to the zoo, celebrated Iris's birthday, Mother's Day, all that kind of stuff. We went out to, and saw your parents in Michigan. You recently went out to see your brother and kids and his wife in Dallas. So, I mean, we're still traveling, but like, I think the expectations are my own expectations. Mm, okay. Or like maybe my followers, but it's not like anyone was like, why are you home so much? Like, they don't follow me that closely. Yeah. It was more just my own guilty feeling of 
oh, I worked a few hours and then I watched Netflix and I could have worked a few hours in some crazy cool place and posted about it and been like, oh my God, look at where I am, you know, but I didn't do that. But yeah, I was tired and I wanted to just be home. That's why we bought a house. <laughs> All right, tell me <laughs> more. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, tell me more about the first part of that, which is I wish that I had the courage to live the life true to myself. So independent of the second half, yeah. like the more important front half of that statement. Yeah, well, if you know me, you know my favorite quote is you can choose courage or you can choose comfort, but you cannot have both. It's by Brene Brown. And when I realized that courage meant being uncomfortable, then anytime I was at a crossroads in my life, I always chose the uncomfortable situation. So it was uncomfortable for me to downsize from a bigger apartment to a smaller apartment when I was growing my business. That was uncomfortable, but it worked. It was uncomfortable for me to sell a car and buy a $3,000 junker when I was building my business. But every time I was at a crossroads, I was like, I want to be courageous so I'm going to get myself uncomfortable. And the vast majority of people never get outside of their comfort zone. And the cliche is true. Like all the fun stuff happens outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> but everyone rides the comfort track. And that is where you will also just be living the life that society expects you. Have your career, your car, your house, your family, you know, you'll do everything that's expected of you. Nothing is outside of the norm. So nobody's giving you a hard time about it. In fact, everybody's probably like, when are you having kids? When are you getting married? When are you buying a house? When are you buying a car? I mean, I remember when I was a vet, getting those questions all the time. And so there is a pressure for you to just follow that and not be courageous and go outside the norm. So yeah, I mean, people are looking back in their final days on their life, and they didn't live it for themselves. They didn't have courage. They were comfortable. But I don't think anybody is on their deathbed being like, I'm so glad I had my comfortable life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like comfortable equals boring AF. And comfortable means you gave up on all of your dreams. And all the things that made you uniquely you in this crazy world. So... That's how I think of it. Man, we could have like a whole podcast on just number one. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking that too. Like, we got five more to go yeah, or four more four to more. go. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it took courage for you to quit your cushy job. Yeah. And that was, again, kind of going against the expectations of society and others of, you know, I went to school all these years, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, we've gone over the story lots of times, but mixing it up and like, I'm finding that I'm... I don't know, more at peace with myself and what I'm doing than I ever had before. So I think that's progress. Yeah. And I also, I mean, this might be like a tangent or the fact that we could do a whole podcast on this one thing, but I feel like when you quit a career or something like that or a job or whatever, you think you're closing the door on something when really you're opening the door to so much other stuff because you are able to, now that you quit your job, you've pursued videography. You helped me with so much stuff in my coaching business. You are potentially going to be helping other people organize and streamline their coaching businesses or audit their businesses. So there's so many doors that have opened to you based on your skill set, what you enjoy, what you're good at how you can help people and truly like make a difference in their lives, therefore kind of making a difference in your life. 
yeah. and being proud of the work you're doing and stuff like that. So you wouldn't have had those opportunities had you not quit your job. Yeah, I would agree. You would have just had your head down, riding out the clock. Oh, same with you too, right? You'd mm-hmm. have just been helping the animals, yeah, but at the cost of your own health and detriment to yourselves. And mm-hmm. Yeah, look at all the people now you're helping and like meeting and coaching and like, yeah. And bigger, are actually appreciative. <laughs> yeah, a much bigger impact <laughs> yeah. um, and finding much more joy and mm-hmm. fulfillment out of it. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Totally. But that does kind of bring us to the number two. Ooh, good segue. <laughs> number two of the five regrets of the dying is that they wish they didn't work so hard. And this is mainly the male patients that felt this way because, you know, I think, when was this book published? I think I read 2012. Yeah. So these are mostly, old, I mean, older patients, you know, so it's not not a lot of working women necessarily from that generation that she was caring for. So a lot of men said they worked too hard. They missed too many kids' soccer games. They didn't prioritize their partner. They put so much emphasis of their life into their work that they missed out on everything. Now, this is a more traditional work scenario, like a nine to five corporate ladder kind of deal, right? Like these guys aren't, they weren't all necessarily online entrepreneurs like I want everybody to be. (laughs) (laughs) But they prioritized work. And if you have listened to the last few episodes of the podcast, it was all about not prioritizing work over your personal life and health and physical well-being. So I think the big thing is really, yeah, like I don't want people to have the balance of their work and their life out of whack, you know, and that's clear from these people as well. They looked back on their life and all they had to show for it was their careers. And they missed out on all the important things like birthdays, soccer games, date nights with their wife, like the things that really matter at the end. Yeah, I'm curious as I'm reading that and like thinking about kind of the, yeah, the traditional sense of like you got your job and like you worked it and you just kind of put your head down and just like grind it away because you know you had to feed your family, pay your mortgage, things like that. But I wonder if now it's a little bit different in that I think more folks, or I like to think more people are like pursuing work that's meaningful to them. So I don't know if like necessarily like giving up working less that's like meaningful is necessarily a bad thing. Well, yeah, I guess I'm it, sure it, doing meaningful work that they cared about that didn't interfere with them having an amazing family and social life. Like I'm sure that would be, but if you think of probably even the generation before our parents, it was literally you work, work, work. If you're the man, you provide for the family. Maybe you get home for dinner and then go to bed and ignore the kids, (laughs) you know, like, so I think definitely like our generation is changing that. We have some friends that work shorter work weeks, even though it's more traditional jobs and they kind of prioritize their children over their jobs and their jobs are just there to provide a paycheck for the life that they're living. I mean, there's a lot of ways that we could break that down too, but the key is don't prioritize your job above everything else because when you're on your deathbed, you're going to regret that. Yeah. And yeah, if you're doing good, like my work, I do feel like it's my purpose. I am very proud of it. I feel good about it. I don't feel like I prioritize it over other things. Like I'm never going to turn down going to the zoo with my niece over work. Right. <laughs> you know? 
This I is think, the lifestyle I want everyone to have. Yeah. Though. That's why, like, I want to inspire people to do what we're doing. And yeah, it was privileged because we worked our asses off to get degrees to have pretty well-paying jobs that we could then save money and, like, use that money to transition into entrepreneurship and stuff like that. But, I mean, that's not to say that there haven't been really hard times in between all that. You're right, you're right. And then we haven't worked our asses off. You're normally the one that's reminding me, Megan, you've worked your ass off for this. <laughs> yeah. And we're still um, busting it. Like, yeah. Not as much and as hard as we had before, but like we're still working pretty hard, I'd say. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, don't work too hard, people. Have a season of working hard to accomplish a goal. I mean, we talked all about that in productivity and hustle culture and stuff. Don't do it at the detriment of your life. That's really the important part of number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard, is to realize on your deathbed, you're not going to be like, oh, I made multiple six figures climbing up the corporate ladder and drove a BMW and all that kind of stuff. Like That's not what you're going to be proud of when you have your whole life to reflect back on and you're like facing your mortality, you know? But if you worked your ass off to build a better life for your family and yourself and your physical and mental health, and you're able to reap those rewards and live like a really amazing life because of a small season of working hard, that's okay. Or even seasons on and off of working hard and then enjoying it. But like, yeah, if you just prioritize work forever, you are going to regret it on your deathbed. Okay, number three is, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. So that really comes down to what I've talked about a lot, actually, on this podcast, is this journey of self-discovery and becoming the best version of yourself. Looking into this more, it's like, okay, what do you mean by expressing your feelings? Like, you're happy, you're sad, all that kind of stuff. But really, it was people who were, they settled for a mediocre existence because they weren't okay with being themselves. Mm, they kind of suppressed yeah. who they were truly. And I think that was really, that's common in the corporate world where you're just supposed to be a robot, not like an individual human being with needs and wants, desires, opinions, quirks, eccentricities, all that kind of stuff. But also I think in generations past, this idea of being authentic and genuine and having a true personality was not really a thing. And even me, like, I started Hazel and Lace, my elopement photography business in 2016. I quit emergency medicine in 2018. And then after that, I had to figure out who the heck I was. And I still am figuring that out as a 39-year-old today. But yeah, it's, I mean... To learn who you really, truly are as a person in this world, it's hard. Yeah. And it's like hard work and like not something you just like go and like, oh, I'm going to read this book and I'm going to know who I am. Yeah. I'm going to listen to this podcast and know who I am. Like it takes like a conscious effort to mm -hmm. like figure that out. And like you're not going to sit down and like figure it out in like one stint of mm -hmm. hard thinking or like journaling. It's like an evolutionary process, I feel like. Oh, totally. And, uh, it's evolutionary as you learn, but also like you're continually changing too, right? So like that struggle or that journey is never over to like figure out who you are, what your feelings are, how you're expressing it. Yeah. And I, I've said this before too, but I truly believe that like our purpose is to become the best versions of ourselves. 
And that's what I feel like this one is all about, this regret. Their wish that they had the courage to express their feelings is like also the fact that they never were able to become the person that they could have become or they weren't able to become the best version of themselves because there's always something else in the way or something else they prioritized or they were a people pleaser and were prioritizing other people's feelings instead of doing the things that they felt called to do or could have helped them kind of become the person that they wanted to become. Looking at these regrets, I think that, you know, we're really meant to be here to become ourselves, live our best lives, not work so hard, prioritize ourselves, our feelings, our wants and desires, our families, our friends. So the fourth regret of the dying was that they wished they had stayed in touch with their friends, which I find really interesting because especially being in our 30s, when a lot of kids or a lot of people are having kids and they have young kids, it's very easy to lose your friends and have a very hard time making new ones. Yeah, I think that, well, yes, probably more for us because we don't have kids. So I feel like that's like a communal thing that as people grow up, they get married kind of on the same time frame. They have kids on the same time frame. And so either you make new adult friends that your children are friends with, but like we're in this kind of weird spot where we don't have many friends that don't have kids, Mm -hmm. right? And we do have friends that do have kids and it's like there's a little bit of a disconnect on priorities and just timing and yeah, it's just a different lifestyle. Yeah, but making friends as adults is hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's very hard. And I just see with myself, I've definitely lost contact with people. I have lots and lots of acquaintances, tons of photographers that I can meet up with for a beer if we're in the same place at the same time. But it's hard to keep track of friends. It's hard to prioritize friendships. And everyone's lives are just all over the place. But yeah, it just goes to show that when you're, again, on your deathbed, you're going to wish that you had prioritized that more. And I think everybody feels that way. Like everybody is like, oh, man, I wish I hung out with my friends more. And like none of us really prioritize it. So I feel like that's something we could all actively work on. And even... My dad experienced this recently when one of his friends from when he was like 20 something that he met in New Mexico, but he was an Australian guy. They just hung out for the first time as like 67 year olds or he might the other the Australian guys like in his 70s or something. They hadn't seen each other in like 50 years. And as you know, you're faced with your mortality. Like, I think his friend had some kind of health scare or something. Yeah, that was what precipitated him reaching out to your dad. Yeah, he had a health scare and decided 50 years later that he wanted to hang out with my dad and, like, traveled to New Mexico from Australia. And they hung out and they skied and stuff, didn't they? Yeah. I I was working at the time, so I couldn't hang out, but you met him. Mm-hmm. And, like, we, I grew up hearing stories about this guy. Yeah, I like I'd heard stories too about like, you know, this young twenty year old like party guy yeah. from Australia. And then like that's that's what I envisioned when I met him. And like, no, he's well, he's like seventy, you know, fifty <laughs> years later. And so he didn't necessarily fit the mold that I like had painted in my picture just because those stories were so old. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they had a great time. I just love that. And I I would love to be an old lady meeting up with some of my old friends. Cause there are people out there that you can hang out with and it'll be like 
time wasn't an issue. Like me and my bestie, Anna, I mean, we could go years without talking to each other. I mean, not that I want to now, but I think we have in the past. And then as soon as we reconnect, it's just like old times. So I think prioritizing friends is something that we could all work on unless you're one of those lucky extroverts that has like that great friend group that you always keep in touch with. But I think most of us, especially after COVID and stuff, have kind of struggled with the friend group thing. And it's so weird because like we have all of these tools, like technology allows us to do that, like literally within seconds to anyone in the world. And we still choose not to or like put Mm -hmm. it off or don't prioritize it. Yeah. I mean, I'll like people's Instagram posts and stuff like that, but like calling them on the phone or something like, oh, God, I can't do that, which is so silly. Yeah. So that was a big regret is people wanting to stay in touch with their friends. And as they're faced with the mortality, they were trying to reach back out to them to talk to them. And a lot of times couldn't find them. And that's really sad. And so the fifth, the fifth regret is that they wish they had let themselves be happier in life. And this is a really important concept that happiness is a choice. It's not a destination. It's not something you achieve someday. You get to wake up every morning and choose to be happy. And I think that it's a practice. And I help my coaching students practice this. I feel like I've even talked to you about it. If you're in like a bad mood, you can t- you can change it around. Like you don't have to settle for that. Mm-hmm. Or if you're miserable, you don't have to settle for that. Especially with like social media these days, it's really easy to get wrapped up in everyone else's highlight reel and compare yourself and be sad and depressed. And and this is not talking about people with like diagnosed mental health issues that makes it impossible for them to be happy. Like this is just for the people who are grumpy, cranky people. Happiness is a choice. And I do think that that is something people should learn earlier in life and that they aren't just stuck with these negative thought patterns, you know? Yeah. What do you have to say about that? You're grumpy sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm less lately. I did have like, I had like a, I don't know, like a bad month. Mm -hmm. I don't know, whenever that was. And yeah, we kind of chatted about it. And then like, yeah, it is kind of a choice of like, I'd wake up and be all grumpy because the dogs woke me up. Then I'd Mm -hmm. take them out for a walk. But like, that's literally the life that we've chosen. Yeah. (laughs) And... You even and said love like, that walk. Oh yeah, and it's so fun. And like now I'm like with just a kind of a change in my mindset, like it's amazing. I get to go out, take a leisurely walk in the sun with the dogs. They're like romping around having the time of their lives. Literally mm-hmm. like the best part of their day. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like rushing off to work. And I think you even mentioned that. Like people would love to have a morning like that. And yeah. get to have that every day. Yeah. So why am I so freaking grumpy <laughs> to wake up and take? Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is just kind of that little bit of like the switch in your head. Like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. Life is great. Yeah. We get to let that word is what I think really kind of got me thinking was like, you get to let yourself be happy. Yeah. You don't have to punish yourself. You know, you don't have to shame or guilt yourself. I feel like a lot of people do punish themselves for like bad choices or whatever. Like I see that a lot in my coaching students. But I remember learning this lesson in college, actually, when I was working at a bookstore. And if I was like grumpy that day, then all the customers would be grumpy to me. And it would just be freaking miserable. It was like a snowball effect. I just got what I was giving, essentially. Yeah. Whereas if I went in there and I was like, I'm going to be freaking 
so nice to these people. A lot of the people that came in there into this bookstore were actually like old graduates of the university that were really excited to be back and to buy some like alumni gear and t-shirts and stuff like that because we had a lot of apparel. And the nicer I was and if I chit-chatted with them and was like, oh, this t-shirt's so cool and where are you traveling in from and stuff like that, then they were so nice to me and like my whole day would just be like, wow, this was the best day. Like, I don't know, it was just really like nice those days. And I remember thinking, wow, like I have control over how my day goes. Yeah. (laughs) And I have control over how other people's day goes too. And if I'm a raging biatch at the cash register, then people are going to be rude and then I'm going to get even more pissed and I'm going to hate people and I'm going to hate the world and I'm going to hate my job. But when I was like super nice to people and they were nice to me, I would leave there with like a little skip in my step and be like, oh, life is so good. Mm. And that was a choice I got to make every day. And I kind of carried that lesson with me. Yeah, life's a lot more fun when you're just happier. Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) even the smallest things can be like way more enjoyable. Oh, totally. (laughs) Going in with a smile and like mm -hmm. having a happy attitude. Yeah. How cool would it be if everyone chose happiness every day and we're all nice to each other all day long? Life would be so great. Yeah. So cool. Okay. Well, this was longer than I thought it was going to be, but fun to talk about. Yeah. I don't want to be on my deathbed with any regrets. I really don't. Like, I don't want to be on my deathbed regretting that I missed out on so much life. And I think that probably everyone who listens to this podcast can relate to that. And I think you can relate to that too. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys, for listening to that episode. The next week's episode is going to be all about how to pursue your purpose and like what your purpose is and how to find it if you haven't already found it. I think that's going to be a really good one for everybody who's been listening along and maybe working in nine to five and thinking like, how do I get out of this and what do I do next? So definitely listen to next week's episode if you've been struggling with finding your purpose in life. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Stoked with Megan McPhail. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend. If you're looking for more inspiring content, check us out on Instagram at Stoked with Megan McPhail. And to learn more about my business coaching and how I can personally help you quit your nine to five, visit my website at meganmcphail.com. I hope this leaves you feeling stoked. See you next week.